Hi, friends. In today's episode of the Joyful Health Show, we interview registered dietitian and co-founder of Body Beloved, Nicole Masita, about her journey navigating health challenges she faced with her baby and how she found support through it. There are pieces of this interview where our internet connection wasn't great, but we wanted to keep the authenticity of the emotions shared here in this episode. We pray Nicole's story will encourage you in whatever health challenges you might be facing in your own life or in the life of your loved ones. All right, let's get into the episode. Hey friends, welcome to the Joyful Health Show. I'm Aubrey, registered dietitian. And I'm Casey, personal trainer. And together we're here to help you discover joyful health by grace. friends and welcome to this week's episode of the Joyful Health Show. Today we have the privilege of interviewing our dear friend Nicole Masita. She is a registered dietitian from Body Beloved and Nicole we are going to talk to her about um, struggling with health challenges whether it's ourselves or our loved ones and how do we find and receive support during that period of time. So Nicole We're so happy to have you. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I think this is a conversation that I've, I don't know, it's been placed on my heart that I've wanted to have with you, Aubrey. And it's just, I didn't, um, yeah, I just, it's so exciting to be on the Joyful Health podcast and talking about it. It's, you know, you just never know like how the Lord is going to use your story. And for the Mm -hmm. longest time, I think Aubrey and you and I went back and forth. I'm like, how are we going to share this? Cause this was so crazy. And it feel, it felt very relevant at the time, but I think, um, I just, you know, you always wonder like, is this, I think the enemies like uses doubt, right. Of like, Oh, we don't, you don't need to talk about that. Right. But I think it it Mm. can encourage people. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. And okay. So a little bit of background, like some technical background, um, about Nicole, if you're not familiar with her and her story um, and her professional experience as well. Um, So she works in private practice as a registered dietitian nutritionist. She's the co-founder of Body Beloved. And what that is, it's a resource for Christian women who want to discover healing relationships with food, fitness, and body image through the unconditional love of God. So love that. Um, She is a mom of two girls Um, and serves alongside her beloved husband and their local church. Through her education and diverse career experiences, God has prompted her to help people of all shapes and all sizes to discover health and peace with their body through the unconditional love of Jesus. Nicole most enjoys spending time around a table, eating delicious food with the people she loves. Okay. So lots of love in there. I'm excited for this to come out in this conversation. Um, so Nicole, tell us, that's a little bit of your you know, background on paper. Maybe can you tell us a little bit more about um, your specific health struggles and challenges and how they have led you to help people through that of how, you know, scripture says that when we are comforted, we are able to give that same comfort. So how are you now able yeah. to give that same comfort to others? Yeah. Um, it's so funny listening 
like when, every time I hear my bio, it's, it's just kind of funny, like thinking like certain parts of it will stick out to me. Like then I used to say like, Oh, I most enjoy cooking for people that I love. And I changed it to just, you no, know, just sitting around eating with people that I love. <laughs> so, um, um, yeah. So I just, um, noticed that I was like, Oh yeah. When I became a mom, then I really wanted to become, or just eat around with people I love. So <laughs> it's yes. just funny how things change. So, um, yeah. So anyways, um, so basically I, um, gosh, it's like a long, uh, a long kind of story, but to, I guess, make it as fast as possible. Um, when, um, I have a four-year-old and I have an almost two-year-old, um, Adeline is almost two. And when she was, um, when she was born, I, we didn't know, um, she had a, um, total cleft palate. That's not the like medical term for it, but her, basically the roof of her mouth was completely missing. Um, mm. if you were to put the tongue on the roof of your mouth, um, she didn't have it. It just went straight up to her nasal canal. Mm-hmm. Um, she was born in the height of COVID, like November, 2020. And so we, um, there, let's just say, <laughs> I don't think the medical care that we received was as thorough because of COVID. Mm-hmm. And I think people were still being very precautious and, you know, those types of things. So we actually left the hospital without knowing she had this cleft palate. It was missed by the doctors, by her in the newborn screening check, it was completely missed. Right. And so I brought this newborn home and I just figured I would nurse her just like I nursed, um, my first daughter. And, um, it was just, um, no, she didn't sleep at all. Um, she screamed every time I tried to get her to latch and, we saw our pediatrician three times that first week. And finally I was like, okay, I I need a lactation consultant like consultation. And so literally seven days later after she was born, I drove like an hour away to see this lactation consultant. And I was crying in her office, like explaining what was going on. And she was just like, okay, okay, well, you know, first thing I do is an exam. So I'm going to you know, look, look at Adeline. And I was like, okay. And, you know, didn't think anything. I told, it's totally one of those things. I was like, this is my fault. I'm doing something mm-hmm. wrong. It's, you know, and, um, so she put on her gloves and she's feeling around her mouth and she just has like, gets this look on her face of like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, <laughs> she was like, just looks at me. And she was like, she has a really interesting mouth. And I was like, what is, what do you mean? And she was like, she just, and then she looks inside and she's like, she has a cleft palate. And I was like, what, what is like, what do you mean? Her lip is fine. Cause that's the first thing you think of, right. It's like cleft lip. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so she was like, yeah, go get your husband. Cause remember this is, this is the height of COVID. My husband's like outside in the parking lot waiting for me. Right. Cause you can only be one parent at a time. And so my husband, I text my husband, I was like, come in. And he was, you know, he comes in. Of course, we have my like two-year-old at the time there, and she's she's in. And so she's telling us she's like, Yeah, she has a cleft palate, and you're not gonna be able to breastfeed her. And then, you know, it's just all the questions and the shock. And I just remember I would just ask the same question, like, what do I do next? When who's gonna how who's gonna get contact me from the cleft team? Like, what's what do I do now? How am I gonna feed her? And when you have a baby with a cleft, they don't have, um, they have negative pressure. 
So it's basically like from their mouth. So it's basically like if you were to try to drink a straw, drink like milk from a straw with a hole in it, it's it's not going to happen. And mm. so you have to have a special bottle and the special bottle um, she didn't have. And they would have given us one at the hospital, but, you know, we weren't there for the, at the hospital. So I, we, she was like, well, you might be able to use a regular bottle. So I go home and I pull out my bottles from my first daughter and my husband sits on the couch with her for an hour and she barely got like anything from the bottle. She couldn't. So she's screaming. I'm starting to panic at this point because I was like, how am I going to feed her? Like all we had was a syringe. Right. And so, and that's how we'd been feeding her for a week was through a syringe. And, um, so I, I used to work for WIC, Women, Infants, and Children Program. And so I texted one of my friends who was a lactation consultant there. And I was like, hey, can you, like, I I need this thing called a Haberman bottle. Like, can you get me one? And she was like, yeah, I'm working tonight in the nursery at the regional hospital, which is like, you know, the county hospital. She's like, come meet me there. And so it's like, I'll never forget it. So sketchy. She like... I mean, bless her heart. I don't know what I would have done, but it's like 7 PM and I like walk in the hospital and, you know, they were so tight because of COVID. And I was like, Oh, I'm here. I don't even remember what I said. She was like, just tell the front desk person that you're meeting with me. And so they like check me in, I go upstairs and I'm like with among all these like newborns and this nurse comes over and with my friend and they look at, you know, they look at her mouth and they were like, they give me the bottle and they show me how to use it. And then, and I just was like, oh my gosh, what would I have done if I didn't have this resource? Like, what would I have done? I think I would have had to, um, cause you can't just buy these bottles, right. They, you know, they're usually like doctor ordered or something like that. And so I guess I, I don't know what, what I would have done. I probably would have gone to the ER or something like that. And you know, it had to get admitted or I don't know what we would have done, you know, but, um, Mm -hmm. thank God we got one. And then later that week, we finally got to see her cleft team and there was like all these insurance issues that we had. And then, um, you know, they thought they would admit us again because her, her breathing was sounding funny and they didn't know how, if her cleft was affecting her airway. And it was, it was like, then it was, it was Thanksgiving and they were like, yeah, just prepare. Cause we're, her cleft team was over an hour away and they're like, yeah, you might want to prepare for an admission. And so we're like, what? it's just, this is all right. I'm still, I can say this to you guys. Cause your mom's like, I'm still bleeding. Like I'm still very much like postpartum. Like yeah. this is so crazy. So, um, then things kind of took a turn and, and they, they, they felt like they were getting better. And then things really took a turn, um, sometime after that. So, yeah. Um, so that's kind of the beginning of that story. And then I don't know if you want to, I can wait till I get to the second part of that story, but, um, yeah, just, uh, it was a lot. <laughs> and so I'm sure it's probably, it's probably like triggering for you too, Aubrey, cause I know you have had similar experiences and we were going through it like the same time, like just a really similar experience, but different, very different. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> It just, I am, I'm like trying not to tear up over here. Um, Cause that's just so, yeah, it's so hard, especially, you know, when you are just a new mom and you're trying to figure things out, you know, I know you had one, but each child is different, but I just, 
it's also um, it's good to go back in these in like our stories and talk about them and then be able to see like wow like God supplied that friend for me that I had that I was able to text um, you know to get me a bottle Mm -hmm. Um, and just like the different ways that he is there for us in the midst of it feeling so hard um, and, and feeling like, what do we do? What do we do next? Um, And I also like, I know, like, I just, I love that you like, you follow your intuition too. Sometimes we go to doctors and this could be applied to anything. Mm Y'all like this could be, you know, if you're struggling with a doctor who is really focusing only on your weight and you feel like there's something else or like your gut is telling you like there's something else going on. And like, I just, you know, like going back to someone else, like you talking about, I need to go see a, a lactation consultant. Mm-hmm. Um, even though well, I've seen my pediatrician. Right. Three and times. that was, that was the whole thing. Sorry to interrupt you, but it was like, no. you know, those, that first week is so like, um, that it's so like every feeding counts. Right. Yes. And they're, they're so like, they're looking at every ounce that's gained in there. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a very like, scary time as a, like a breastfeeding mom, because Mm -hmm. I feel like everyone's eyes are on you of like, are you doing this right? This like breastfeeding thing. And if you're, if you're not doing this right, then you either need to like, you know, figure it out fast or you need to like switch to formula. And my, I'm, I love my pediatrician and he's always been supportive of like whatever, whatever feeding practices that I've chosen to do. But, you know, he, I remember him saying like, yeah, you know, some babies just, you know, they don't latch and, you know, that's, you know, you may, you may have to switch to formula. And it was like, it was like, this is so early. And like, why, like, I just remember thinking like, how are we already, how are we already talking about this? Like, and you, we haven't even seen a lactation consultant. Like, how are we just so quick to like, oh, she's losing weight. We need to, you know you need to figure this out and, you know, she might need formula and it's like, okay, that would, that's okay. If that's, if that really is the case, but like, we haven't even, we haven't even like knocked on all of our resources yet, you know? And so it just felt very like you take all that personal when you're on a feeding journey with your child of like Mm -hmm. something I'm doing wrong. Right. And I know you can relate to that, Aubrey. Yeah. And I'll just share like, because it might transition us to also to the other parts of your story, but um, Mm -hmm. I'll just share my, like how this relates during, I had a baby also November, 2020. um, And on Thanksgiving day or the day before Thanksgiving, she was born and um, she, uh, she fed, you know, fairly well. She would kind of gurgle and choke on the, on the breast a little bit, but that was sort of I'd experienced that before and she fed pretty well until uh about two months um and she just started like completely refusing the breasts like she would just sleep through feeding she did not like she she would sleep really long times which I was like this is weird you know um and she was a big baby when she was born she was Mm -hmm. 10 pounds and so, um, of course, taking to her, she was losing. You're amazing. <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, that's one piece. And she was also very tall. So, but anyways. And she, her hair, like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Can we just talk about her hair? 
<laughs> she had lots of hair. All my children come out looking like, like literally all my children come out looking like they're three months old. I feel like I missed the newborn phase completely, but like, with the I hair feel like she has longer hair than I did before she was born. Like it was, yeah, my kids take four years to get that amount of hair. So, yeah. well, my hair, my kids actually, they get pretty, they get their hair pretty like earlier than most, but it's like Aubrey's kids just, they just blew, blew them out of the water. <laughs> Like no competition. <laughs> yeah, I keep thinking if if They're I winners. have a baby that doesn't have hair, then like maybe Dwayne's gonna question my fidelity. I don't know because all all the other ones. Anyway, so she she just like I she would not eat unless she was asleep. That was the case. And I was like, mm-hmm. something's wrong. Like she's screaming, she won't eat. She was going like six hours, and as a little baby you're like, that's not normal, right? Like that's not normal during the day. Or that's how I felt was again, one of those things took her to, you know, no one seemed to understand (laughs) it. You feel, and this is something important to point out. Like sometimes you can really, the enemy can really make you feel like you're completely alone Um, when totally. Yeah. Right. Like, um, and you're not like, I had so many people like wanting to help, wanting to pray for me, but I was just shutting them out. Cause I'm like, well, you don't understand. Like you suggested that I should just give her formula, but I tried that and she didn't feed any better, you know? And so then I just shut people out. Um, but the, I remember the pediatrician like, well, she's got some sort of feeding aversion. (laughs) I was just like, well, yeah, you know, why? And what do I do to make it just go away? Um, so yeah. And she wouldn't take a, she wouldn't take a bottle either. So it was just, it was a hard time because I, yeah, I breastfed two um, children pretty, like, relatively easily. Um, I had hope. She's my, my first daughter. And I just also had this set of, like, rules in my in my mind about, like, what needs to be done for this child and, like, for our bond to be healthy. Mm. Um, and I really had those expectations there. And I wanted... <laughs> you know, I wanted things to go a certain way. Um, and I didn't end up going that way, but, um, I I flash forward, like she is my little mini me. She follows me around. Like she is my love, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it really, you know, now outside of it, it's like, and I did end up, I ended up exclusively pumping and giving her a bottle. Um, but everything's been great, but I just, I go back to those beginning days and, and yeah, I, had been texting Nicole, like, or she, Nicole had actually, you had texted me. I, I don't, think. I don't remember what happened first. I almost, I almost feel like you reached out to me and just asked me how I was doing. Cause I, I, I honestly don't feel like I had, I was in such a dark place. So mm-hmm. I just back up really quick. So like we would be going to Adeline's appointments and every time we'd go in, it's like, you guys, Casey, I'm sure you know this feeling too. Like every time you go in when your kids are that little, it's always like holding your breath until you like. Oh yeah. I was holding my breath. Even you just saying that. And I was like, oh, I realize I'm holding my breath. So it was always, it was always like this thing. And I was always like scared of like, oh my gosh, are they going to like report? Like, am I going to be like reported to like, you know, you know, the child protective services, like for not feeding my child enough, that was always my fear. Right. And I was like, little did they know how hard I was working to like Mm -hmm. feed. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, it was like, every time it was like, she, she wasn't losing weight, but she wasn't gaining weight. She would like be at the same weight for like 
a week and then she would like gain an ounce and it'd be the same. And so it was, it was, and then, you know, the cleft team is putting all this pressure on me, like, well, she's not going to get her surgery on time if she's not in a healthy weight. And so I had the pressure from them. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, it was just, and then they, you know, referred me to like a pediatric dietitian. And so it was like talking, it was like one thing after another. And it was like, it got to the point where, um, gosh, every time I say these words, it's like, it's like still, it's like so hard for me to think about this time. But, um, I remember my pediatrician never, never said it, but I remember getting like a letter in the mail from our insurance company. And it was like her Adeline's diagnosis, you know, cleft palate. And then it was like failure to thrive. And I just Mm -hmm. remember opening it up, looking at it and just sobbing because I was like, Oh my gosh, we're here. Like, how did I let this happen? You know? And I was like, it felt like such a failure as a parent to have that happen. And it was so out of my control. Right. And I know, I know you guys understand that. And it's like, you know, I've even heard things since then of like, they're trying to rename that diagnosis because it's such a bad it's such it's so poorly named right like yeah it's like so so wrong that you know it's probably from the 50s or something that that started and um but it's it was so triggering because I you know Aubrey you understand like we in school and dietetic school we learn about failure to thrive and you know we associate that with like really emancipated, you know, kids and stuff. And they're, you know, they're not going to meet your markers. So it's like, it was very scary for me. And my pediatrician never told me those words, but just seeing them, it had this like very, it felt like the enemy was just like, you're a failure as a mother and a dietitian. Mm -hmm. And it just was so, um, it was so heartbreaking. And so, um, so my, at this point, my pediatricians, he's calling me every day to check in and ask about Adeline's feedings. And I remember being on the phone at one point and I was like, why, like, at what point are you going to admit us to the hospital for tube feedings? And at this, at this point, I had been talking to our NICUs and things like that. And all of them were like, Nicole, I think if you guys just got admitted, tube feedings got Adeline over mm. this hump you know got her well enough strong enough that you could take her home you could wean her off of the tube feeding and she would be okay and so everyone's kind of encouraging me like it's okay it's okay just do the hospital admission and I never I didn't feel right about it I didn't feel peace about that and I also felt like a fail it felt like failure if I was going to do that to be honest and I and I wish that I had uh, humbled myself you know to it too, if, if that's what we needed to do, then we would have done it. But the, the reality is my pediatrician wasn't saying you're, you're going to get, you're, you're getting admitted right now. You know, he was, what he said was, he, I was like, Hey, when are, when are you going to admit us? Like, cause I'm scared that I'm going to come into the doctor's office and she's going to be worse. And then you're going to say, okay, we're going to admit you now. Like, I didn't want to be surprised by that, you know? And so I yeah. asked him, when are you going to do this? And he was like, honestly, Nicole, he was like, if you weren't, you know, a first time mom and you didn't have the education that you had, I would have admitted you a while ago. And I was like, Oh my gosh. And then it felt like, okay, this, I'm glad that he trusts me, but now it really feels like the pressure kind of fell on me in a way, you know? Mm -hmm. 
And so I, I, I was in such a dark, dark place at that point. It was all I was thinking about. And Aubrey, I know, you know, this feeling so well, of like literally all mm-hmm. I thought about was how am I going to get her to eat? And that right there, what I just said is like the pinnacle of our work, right. That we do as dietitians is to mm-hmm. really take the pressure off of trying to get someone to eat and just let it happen naturally. Because when we do that, it it will, like kids will eat, like kids will eat. We, we will eat if we allow ourselves this, this environment that is comfortable and peaceful. And we like invite the Lord into that, like we will eat and our bodies know how to do that. Right. And so, because I was so stressed out and was applying Adeline, like this, like all this pressure for her to eat, because rightfully so I was getting all this pressure. Um, it created a, um, feeding aversion, which is exactly what Aubrey's sweet child had as, had as well. And so I think you reached out to me, Aubrey, and just asked me how I was doing. And, and then I, you know, being the person that I am, I have no, um, I just wear my heart on my sleeve, I guess. But I was like, <laughs> I was like, this is all happening and everything's awful. And we're probably going to start two meetings. And you, I just remember, I remember exactly where I was sitting, honestly, when I was texting you and you just shared what, what was happening with you guys. And I was like, it like, it clicked, like it literally clicked in my head of like, oh my gosh, I'm pressuring her to eat. She's not eating. She's just the only time I can get her to eat is when she's sleeping. Cause she basically is so stressed out because I'm stressed mm-hmm. out and she senses that. Right. And so she's just like shutting down. And so we, we went on this path that Aubrey like really paved the way for me. And I like, I know without an ounce of doubt, I know that the fact that we went through this at the same time is like, was totally an attack from, from the enemy, right? Like totally like, let me find these two random dietitians that <laughs> loved, love God and just had, just had children. And let me just like, try to like tear them down by like, you know, having their kids not eat. And then God was like, okay, you can do that. But you realize I'm going to like, I'm going to bring all of this for my good and my glory. And he just mm. can, like, if I didn't know you Aubrey, I don't know what we probably would have gotten admitted. I know we would have. Like, cause I don't know. I just was doing the same over again and expecting like a different result. Like I felt insane. <laughs> you know, you wake up every morning, you're like, okay, let's try to feed again. But I feel insane. Like, cause I've been trying this for weeks, you know? So, um, but I just like look back mm-hmm. on that. And I was like, it's just to, to this day, I'm like, that was so crazy how God just like orchestrated, like having us like just the fact that we had known each other through Instagram and our work, like it was praise God for yeah. Instagram. <laughs> In uh, that yeah. moment, you know, right? but, like, um, and it was so I, like, yeah, I'm still speechless, like thinking about it. So go ahead. Well, I, I was going to say, yeah, now I remember, I remember, sorry, Casey, <laughs> come on guys. <laughs> like I, I have remember. so much to say to this. <laughs> I know. Sorry. I'm sorry. We're both like, but we're both just letting right. it all. Out. I think because I, uh, we can all relate. I remember. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Aubrey. You remember was, the exact okay. moment? Tell us. Yes, that's it. Like on Instagram, just being like, 
Hey, you know, I think you had said something. Oh, you had just said something on your stories. Like, oh, yeah. um, uh, this sweet girl, like she looks so happy, even though she's gone through so much. And just right then I was like, I need to, I'm supposed to reach mm-hmm. out. Cause we had just gone through, um, the whole thing with you were on we're the kind, other side. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. We were kind of on the other side and I was like, Hey, how are you? What's going on? <laughs> Let me pray for you. And, um, that moment when you kind of shared what was happening, I was not happy. I was not like, yay, this is so great. But there was like a part of me was like, okay, if this can bring some sort of meaning to this yeah. really hard experience and not that God, I've, I will never tell you that God causes sickness or that he uses it to teach us a lesson or any of that. I very oh, strongly absolutely. believe against yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, yeah, the enemy sends things and does try to attack us and does try to attack our purpose mm-hmm. um, and um, derail us from, you know, what we're doing. And, but yeah, but God uses that, uses our struggles to um, connect us to one another. And he brings meaning out of that. And there's, um, sometimes we don't understand all of the meaning mm-hmm. <laughs> that's going to come out of it. And I don't know. I'm sure there are health struggles and just struggles we go through that we may not understand it all fully or feel satisfied with it until we're in heaven. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. But okay. So yeah, go ahead. Did you have one? I was was just going to say, I want to know. Yeah. I want to know, Nicole, like what, well, I guess I want you to also share like kind of what we went through with healing the aversion because I think that's very relative to if you are walking through like figuring out intuitive eating um it's just a a confirmation there but I first want you to share like okay what are some things or maybe in the same breath (laughs) what are like some things that God has taught you thus far (laughs) through that experience (laughs) um Mm -hmm. and I'm sure he's going to reveal more um, Casey, did you want me to answer that before? Um, yeah, for sure. And I, I think I was just going to input because this conversation for everyone else who may not have had the same exact experience as far as babies go. I mean, mine was a failure to sleep. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was not written down as a diagnosis, but sh- she didn't sleep for a good two years. Um, it had colic and all kinds of things. Oh and God. so my thing was, how do I get her to sleep? And then Psalm 23 was, mm. you know, I like the Lord leads us and he makes us lie down and green in green pastures, but <laughs> nobody can force someone to sleep. Like we can rest, but like, we can't force sleep. We can't force mm. eating. These are all things that have to be we have to be yeah. freed. <laughs> and I think of too, with the word failure, that is something that is, um, that we struggle with when, especially when it's like, feels like a life and death, high pressure experience with us, with loved ones. It's mm-hmm. like, like we feel like we have to control. And and if we don't do it, then, then life is not going to happen. And so right. I think it's like, that is where the gospel comes in. And like Romans three twenty three has been like, my salvation verse and where I came to the Lord and like for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And like, we all sin, we all fall short, we fail, (laughs) but then we are justified freely by his grace through the redemption in Christ. And so being able to like re being able to accept failure 
is the exact point when we can be by grace. Amen. Mm -hmm. And so wherever someone isn't listening to this, like, you know, I right now am supporting some family going through some really tough health challenges. And it's like, I'm two hours away. I can't be there, but God can. And I know Mm -hmm. prayer works. (laughs) I, and that was today, I was feeling like really burdened and overwhelmed by the news. And, and then I thought I need to reach out to people. I need to start texting some (laughs) prayer warriors. And immediately it was like, I knew I wasn't alone anymore. And so, and so I, you know, and I don't know if y'all know this, but Aubrey and I met through Instagram too. So, uh, and so, um, Mm -hmm. yes, the enemy can use these things, um, for bad, but God, like when sin abounds, grace abounds even more. So he uses these these things for good. Um, so yeah, I, and I think too, it's like, we want to know the end of the story and we want to know like, well, yes, you're on the other side, but what really helped you to um, get through this. I mean, it sounds like God has put people in your life and he reached out to them, but are there any other things that you can say like to the person who's in the middle of it, in the thick of it, like I've been there and this is how -hmm. God wants to help you where you are. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, Casey, one of these days I want to hear about your failure to sleep (laughs) because I (laughs) I feel like I can relate to that too with my first daughter. It's just, she had reflux too. And it Mm -hmm. was like, it was, it was, um, like I, I honestly feel like years were taken off of my life because of that time, Mm -hmm. because if she just didn't sleep and I didn't sleep. So we'll have to have one of the, we'll have to have a different conversation, but, um, (laughs) yeah, it's sorry. Go ahead. Were you going to say something? No. Mm Mm-mm. Okay. Okay, Um, So, I mean, when, when Aubrey reached out to me and she told me about this book and it was, I I hope I'm saying it right, but it was um, your baby's bottle feeding aversion. And um, Aubrey, who's the author of it again? Is it? Mm, I will link it in the show notes because I can't remember. It starts with an R. Yeah. Um, So anyways, Rowena, Rowena, I can't remember her last name, but, um, she essentially wrote a book. She's a, a, a registered nurse about feeding aversions and her whole thing basically comes from Ellen, like Ellen Satter. Like it's a, it's an Ellen Satter model for babies, right? Aubrey, like, would you agree? That's like a fair representation. Yes. And so Ellen Satter just, we, I think we may have mentioned her brief on the show before I know we talk about her like in our course a little bit Mm -hmm. um but she uh talks about ways to basically feed your kids and help have a healthy relationship with food and so if you want to look up her work it's the division of responsibility Mm -hmm. um with feeding and so maybe maybe you can talk a little bit more about that Nicole too before you yeah her I think her website is like Ellen or like feeding institute or something like Ellen Satter Institute something like that but um yeah so she um yeah the division of responsibility so essentially like um you provide child decides and basically I was doing the opposite of that with Adeline. I was providing and not letting her deciding, right? Mm -hmm. Like I wouldn't give her a choice because I was so stressed out. And so I was forcing a child to eat that didn't want to eat because there was this negative experience that she was having with eating. Right. And so, and we do, we do that all the time. We do that with our kids. We do that, you know, with ourselves too, of just like, you know, and I've, I've even noticed just in my, 
clinical work as a dietitian, like these, these clients that have eating disorders, it's almost like they have, um, like food aversions initially when they start eating again, it's like, nothing sounds good to them. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, it's like, so interesting just how, how we can really, we can really mess up what God was intended for something to be really simple, really. And like really straightforward and just like listening to our bodies. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, that's the, that was the whole thing was I wasn't listening to Adeline. Like I was forcing her to eat more when she didn't want to eat more. And so then she just, you know, spit up because she was like, I don't want this. And so what our, what we ended up having to do was not only provide this, like, um, this method of allowing her to tell me when to eat instead of me telling her when to eat, but also she needed, um, fortified milk, um, because her, the hole in her mouth, (laughs) what her cleft was so wide essentially that it was like eating celery. Like she was expelling more calories than she could take in. Right. And so she was constantly burning because it was so hard for her to eat mm-hmm. because of that, you know, that, that suction system wasn't working for her. And so she needed, um, she needed fortified milk. So I was putting formula in my breast milk. So praise God for formula because mm-hmm. I, yeah, I don't know what mm-hmm. we would have done. Um, and so I, I exclusively pumped as well, Aubrey for, for 15 months. <laughs> And it was, yes, me too. Yeah, you did too. Yeah, it was, I hated it. I hated every moment of it. But, um, you know, she had surgery last November and then she was on a liquid diet for like seven weeks. That's a whole nother story. But, um, so I continued to pump, you know, until her diet had been progressed. But really, it was, it was those tools you introducing me to that, the way of thinking of it. And I, that really got us to the point where I could give her fortified milk, right. Um, and could actually get her to a place where she was gaining weight and she wasn't failure to thrive anymore. And so she ended up being, you know, getting on her curve, right. Whatever, you know, cause every child's curve is different. So she ended up making her own curve and being totally fine for surgery. And, um, and, um, but I just remember when you told me about this, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I didn't think about the old, my own work that I do in the context of this, like Mm. kids are not robots, like, or babies are not robots. Like they can't just eat on demand or like on command whenever we decide like, oh, they, they need to eat even, even if they're full and they don't feel like eating or, or they just you know, want to rest and, you know, hear me out. I'm not telling you what to do. Like, I want to just put that disclaimer in of like, you know, every child is different and clearly mine had health challenges and it was not like, it wasn't as straightforward as maybe it was for some, um, you know, because we had to, you know, talk to a pediatric registered dietitian that helped me figure out how to fortify correctly and things like that. But it was is like these baby step pulses that we were getting that the Lord was giving me in order to like put this picture together of like, okay, how do I feed her? How do I get her to this place 
where she can, you know, thrive and be healthy and be ready for surgery. And it really, that was like the first part of it was like, okay, like put, don't apply this pressure, like apply the principles, the Ellen Satter principles, apply the like principles of intuitive eating that you like talk about with people all the time to your, to this situation, because it's so easy for us to just want to take over and apply that pressure to them. Yeah. Okay. So, um, Nicole, it sounds like I, I want to be able to kind of sum up, um, not that every situation, like we can just follow these steps, but it sounds like in your experience and for most, most of us facing health challenges is to see that there is a need to reach out, to reach out for support. Um, whoever that is, like you had a friend, um, there was Aubrey, there was the doctors, there, there are lots of different people and, you know, who are waiting essentially for us to reach out to them. Um, follow the steps. Don't jump ahead, wait for the next step Mm -hmm. and keep going from there. Um, I think not jumping ahead is a huge thing that can help our anxiety. And so tell me if that sounds accurate. And then if there's anything else that you yeah, I think you, right. Yeah. I think you sum that up really well. I think like, just if I had been completely like, which I wanted to, I wanted to be completely like silent about it because I felt so much like failure. And, um, Mm. like, I felt like, like, you know, I felt like I failed not only as a mom, but as a dietitian, like people would look at me and be like, how can she, this is so simple. How can she not get her child to gain weight? But if I wasn't I wasn't open about what we were going through, then I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have like gotten the help that we needed. Right. Mm. And all, it was like Aubrey, it was like, you know, the, the friends of, of d- different dietitians that I knew, like it was all those things that really pieced together the like puzzle of like, how do we, how do we get Adeline healthy? Um, and I remember like, we were going through all of this, like during Easter, it was like March, April, And I remember, um, going to church and this, like this couple prayed over us. And I, it was like, that was like the worst of it was like, we were praying for a miracle. Cause I was like, I don't know if we're going to get admitted like tomorrow. (laughs) And I just remember sharing like this story, um, what we're going through with this couple at church. And they were like, um, we're going to pray, but we're also like the reason you guys are like the reason Adeline is facing this is she's, you know, destined for, you know, great destiny. Like she has great destiny over her life and she's seeking these challenge. She's going through these challenges because she has great destiny for her. And I just remember feeling like that, feeling that, and just feeling so um, like relief in a way of like, Oh, this is not like, this is not just on me. Like, you know, this, there's so much more to, um, there's so much more that we don't see in the fight, right. Mm -hmm. That like, it's not just, you know, we're not just fighting against like, right. Like flesh and blood, like it's powers Mm -hmm. and principalities and, you know, and so that was really this reminder of like, yeah, (laughs) that was trying to like, take me out, trying to take her out. And because she has great destiny over her life. Right. And I, and I believe that and I'm, and I hold on to that as a mom, like 
today still. So, cause we, you know, we still, <laughs> we still have challenges. Like she is totally, um, a super like picky eater and like has food aversions ever since her surgery, because she was on liquids for seven weeks at a really, you know, developmentally crucial time for her to be eating everything. She couldn't, she couldn't even use your, her hands to eat. She was on full liquids by at one, you know, for almost two months. And so it's just slow. It's been so slow at mm. like the first time she ate a chicken nugget. I like, wanted to cry. Cause I was like, Oh my gosh, like she's eating a chicken nugget and she was like 18 months old. Right. Like, but it was, it's been such a slow journey and it's, it's our own journey. Like I can't compare her to, you know, my daughter who is like talking and my older daughter who is talking full sentences by the time she was like 18 months and Adeline's, she's not really talking that much yet. She's in speech therapy and, you know, she's, I have to constantly remind myself, this is her own, this is her own journey. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, she's God's daughter and she's, um, she's gonna, she's gonna be okay because, um, because, you know, we, I think we have to tell ourselves that as parents, it's like, they're going to be okay because God has entrusted us to be their parents. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Hey, Nicole. Um, (laughs) Speaking of daughters, I need to pick mine up soon. And I want to hear about your curriculum that you yeah, sorry. have created yeah. and, I, and tie it in as far as like, I know that this relates and can really help people in their specific challenges. And I've gone through it too. And so I can definitely speak to it. And I want, I want you to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we developed a group Bible study, um, food freedom Bible study. It's an individual course, but we, we recently came out with a group group curriculum that you can do at your church in your small group. You don't need to be a registered dietitian or have any formal training in intuitive eating. Um, it's meant to be very much like a, anyone can do it. It's for the lay person. And, Mm -hmm. um, I've, had it done. I've been doing it at our church for, um, a few times now it's like a six week study and, um, it's been really powerful, really powerful to just really, I think what it did was it really just brought together people who people had no idea that they were, had struggled with like food or body image. Um, they, they, I think they thought this was something that I'm dealing with alone. Right. Mm-hmm. But it was when you got together people in the same room that knew each other, but didn't know that they all struggled with the same thing. It was a really powerful thing that brought people together. Right. And so everyone was kind of like on common ground of like, Oh yeah, you struggle with this too. So it was, it's really like a beginner's it's probably the step before your guys's course where you, you guys are going more in depth into things. This is probably like the introduction of like, you can invite women who are currently on diets, who are, you know, open about wanting to lose weight. So like, I think this is like a great putting their toe in the water into like the prince, like the principles, um, like what the Bible says about this, like, you know, what, as believers, like our responsibility is in this. And so I think it's a really great, um, first step into a journey into intuitive eating and non-diet approaches. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so tell I, us, yeah. What is the name of it? And then yeah, I'm sorry. find it. Yeah. So it's, um, food freedom, Bible study group curriculum. Um, 
I, it's on our website, body be love. So body B L O E. Well, B L O V E D. <laughs> sorry. Um, dot com. And, um, I have a discount code for you guys. So you can use joyful health and get 20% off. And, um, yeah, it's a, it's just, um, it's, and also I tell people like, you can t- like ask your, ask your church, like to pay for it too. Like they have money for these things. Like people, like they have budgets for these things. So ask your church if they would help cover the expense too, or ask the people that are going to do it. Like, Hey, would you chip in so that we can do this? Like it, it shouldn't have to all fall on one person. Mm-hmm. Aubrey, yeah, I didn't want to take your, be, your spot. <laughs> just waiting I'm for just going to say that's going to be a really good resource, if, especially if your church does like semester long, um, small groups. I can see that just being super helpful. Yeah. And again, like a low barrier um, way to talk about these things. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely check that out. And again, a way to sum up this whole conversation for people to see that they're not alone. Mm-hmm. in their struggles we often keep these these struggles with our body and food secret um mm-hmm. and so that helps open that doorway yeah nicole, nicole would you pray for us before we um head out and just pray for all of the listeners um anyone who's going through any sort of health struggle with themselves or their families right now yes absolutely God, um, thank you for this time today. And we just lift up anyone who is, um, God, just dealing with either a personal health problem or um, a health problem with a family member or a friend. God, I just pray that you would just um, put people in their lives to just help them in this, whether it's, um, you know, prayer or helping with answers or support. Um I just, I would just pray that you would equip those people, the right people, um, and just speak through them, um, speak life into them, speak hope into them, speak, um, you know, just your words over them. And I just, um, would just pray that there would just be this blanket of peace, um, in their lives and that they're, they would just know that they're not alone, um, that you go before them and, um, that you just, you go with them in whatever health challenge that they're facing. Um, may you just remind them of the importance of just, um, listening to our bodies because we were designed by such a brilliant creator Mm -hmm. and, um, that our bodies know, um, if we are in, um, in communication with you, Lord, and we're relying on you, Lord, for, Mm -hmm. for strength. Um, so we just ask all these things in your mighty name. Amen. 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 All right, everyone. Until next time, may you rest in his grace and follow the joy. Thank you. (laughs) Hey, thanks so much for listening. A very special thank you to all our podcast guests, along with Dwayne Goldbeck for podcast editing and Maddox Schuler for writing and recording our podcast music. 